Welcome to the Music Retail Show. Having conversations about the musical instrument industry to take you and your business farther. The Music Retail Show. Hey, welcome back to another episode, man. We actually met up and had a great conversation with Ryan Nixon from GuitarEffectsPedals.com. Man, he is the perfect example of working hard and being successful. He has a lot of questions and concerns that he brings up that everybody needs to talk about. Uh, Check out his website, but most of all, listen to every second of this episode because I know you'll learn something new. We'll, We'll see you on the other side. Does half the cost and double the value sound good to you? What about Made in the USA? Franklin Strap is 100% American made and you get double the quality for every dollar you spend. Call us today, 615-791-7057 and get in the strap business. Franklin Strap, the soft strap. All right, here we are. We are on day two at the Amigos Guitar Show. Yes. And, man, we're just getting started. You can hear all the guitar players warming up, playing Stairway to Heaven. And uh, what's the other song? They some e- an Eagles song. Eagles song. What well, was no, it? It was, um, darn it. What's another song that every guitar player plays? Ian, what was it? As long as it's not Nirvana, I'm happy. Yeah, as long as it's Dan. Yeah. Anyway, so we're here. It's, lo- it's looking really good. There's people creeping in now. And uh, yesterday was an excellent day. Yeah. What it was do you think? Busy, it was a busy day. It was a busy I, day. I went home and I was actually tired. I felt like I worked all day. Yeah, absolutely. I talked to a couple of the vendors this morning and they said... Um, if today was like yesterday, it would be a huge success. Really? So that's good. I mean, I feel like that's a, a good indication of the music industry of what's going on. I mean, yeah. I realize this is yeah. just one of many, but um, it's excited to see there's uh, uh, a lot going on. So. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. But uh, today, this morning, we are here with uh, Ryan Nixon. Yeah. Man, welcome to the show. We're glad you're here. And uh, Ryan you. Nixon is Guitar Effects of Pedals. Guitar Pedals.com. I had to make sure I got that right. You got to slow that down a I little know. bit, man. You can kind of blend all that together. Actually, Ryan, why don't you go ahead and say it? You might say it correctly. <laughs> pedals.com. There, there it go. is. There it is. So, anyways, hey, welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah, I'm a fan of this podcast. I've listened to a number of them and I've learned from them, and uh, it's a great thing you're doing. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah, man, we're we, happy you're here. We love to hear feedback like that. <laughs> <laughs> Even if we have to uh, bribe you before we start. <laughs> yeah, no, you got that 20, yeah. right? No. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it was actually two tens, but yeah, you're right. It is twenty. <laughs> uh, anyways, no. so you just got here. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So you haven't had a chance to look around quite yet and no. see what's going on. No, I've come past years, but uh, yeah, this is interesting. This this uh, new venue. I don't know if they've had it here before, but it's impressive. It's do you, do you like this layout better? Because I mean, we've had a lot of people say it's a little more roomy. Yeah, you know, it, it was feels tight. a little more comfortable. It was Last year's at the factory was tight. So this, yeah. this is cool. This is impressive. Yeah, so when you when you come here, what are you trying to accomplish when you come to the show? Just see familiar faces and rub elbows and um, you know, I know it's not all vintage gear, but that's a lot of vintage gear and that's not something I I'm into a lot, you know. It's not that's my not bag. your world. No, yeah. but it's nice to to see the guitars and whatnot. Oh, yeah. and check them out yeah. and but mainly the familiar faces. That's yeah. why I come here. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. How many shows have you been to? Uh, let's see. Um, I think three others of the Franklin show. Two or three others. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was. They were always in the factory. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, well, hey, well, let's jump right in and maybe uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and and how you got started. Maybe get a good foundation of uh, who you are. 
Yeah, yeah. My name is Ryan Nixon. I own uh, and run GuitarEffectsPedals.com. I have three employees. Uh, I'm based in Nashville now. Uh, I started the business in the early 2000s um, selling used pedals. You know, I'd buy people's whole pedal boards on eBay and piece them out and buy people's pedal collections and sell them individually. And, you know, in my early 20s and uh, uh, I was in school for a business degree and uh, got that and was taking night classes while I was growing the business. Um, then I transitioned into just selling new guitar pedals. Uh, I was a little skeptical at first whether uh, with all the competition online, all the big corporations you're competing against, if I would do okay selling new pedals. And uh, But it, that worked out. So then I transitioned into just selling new pedals primarily yeah um selling them on ebay um well this is before reverb so ebay and my website and um then uh in 2014 november uh i moved here to nashville to get my feet wet with uh brick and mortar give that a try it's something i've always wanted to yeah. do it add that extra sales channel and uh it's been working out well i mean i have a very small showroom uh, in the berry hill area it's impressive though I've Thank seen you. the I've seen the pictures. I haven't been in there, but I've seen quite a few pictures. And so, in the last four and a half years of doing that, it's made me branch out into guitars and amps mm -hmm. and uh, a lot of other things. Uh, where I was strictly into pedals and pedal boards, power supplies before that, and it's also branched me out into a lot of used gear because I got a lot of trade-ins and whatnot. Yeah. So what made you get into uh, uh, pedals and boards and all that? I mean, that was kind of, especially back in, what did you say, 2000? Early 2000s, okay. yeah. And that was probably before a lot of people were dabbling around with it. Yeah, it, it was before the explosion, Okay, uh, I would I would say, yeah. Uh, I got in at a good time, and uh, but the demand was strong. You know, I would just be buying used pedals just to try out, you know, just yeah. to play at home. And if I didn't like them, I'd sell them. And... Um, I would have five or six pedals up on eBay, and I'd be getting emails from someone in France saying, well, do you have this pedal, and do you have that wow. pedal, and wow. like I'm a store or something, yeah. I just had a handful of pedals listed, so I could see the demand was there. Yeah. Are, okay. you, are you a guitar player? A little bit. I mean, I don't play a lot anymore, but... Uh, you sound more like Yngwie Malmsteen? Is that what you, <laughs> you sound like? Wow. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> You're laughing. No, no, the, the business side of things... <laughs> he was his teacher. What do you mean he's laughing? Yeah. You know, the business side of things has come natural to me, and yeah. takes yeah. up all my time, and... Yeah, especially being here in Nashville, there's so many oh, great yeah. players here. Uh, so, how many pedals do you have? I mean, uh, over a thousand, oh new, new and used. If you wow, count both, that is yeah. cool. That is cool. And now you said you branched into guitars as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, selling you, new and used guitars. You carry some great brands. Thank you. So, actually, how the you have Sir Sir guitars, mm -hmm. right? Are yeah. they doing well for you? Yeah, they've done very well. They're it, beautiful. Yeah. Well, that, that's a newer brand for me. I like if you asked me three years ago about Sir guitars. In fact, actually, I think through our our buddy Adam, I think he mentioned Sir guitars one day, and I was like, "What?" I thought I had heard of their pedals, but never guitars. So, but they've yeah. turned out to be a great like. Would you call them a boutique brand? Or? Yeah, yeah, I would call them boutique. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it's not it's not a small company, but it's not a huge corporation. You know, yeah. and uh, the uh, the attention to de the detail is amazing. The quality control, just the precision on those guitars from the stainless steel frets and everything. Uh, they have those things so dialed in. Yeah, they precise. Them, I would call yeah. them a precise instrument. So they're amazing. They, sh they ship them from California to me, and I get them, and they're usually in tune or wow. almost in tune. I wow. mean, they're just that's impressive. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you have a ton of pedals. You have guitars. Amps? Do you have new mm -hmm. amps or just used? A couple, or? but mostly used amps. Okay, yeah, I gotcha. get a lot of used amps on trade-ins. Okay, fine. Yeah. 
Well, that's cool because you get a lot of variety and a lot of cool stuff that way, I bet, too, right? Yeah. So how can people can just go to your website. If they're in Nashville, mm-hmm. they can come to your store. Yeah. You have normal hours. Tell us about uh, the... Yeah. Uh, 11 to 6 weekdays and 12 to 5 Saturdays. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Oh, that's fun. Man, living the life, living those good hours. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, in a nice area of town, too. Yeah. <laughs> do you know, uh, do you get a lot of foot traffic in? A surprising amount, yeah, just word of mouth. And, uh, you know, I don't do much advertising. I put an ad up on Craigslist and do some Facebook advertising, but budget-wise, yeah, sure you know. it's a process just to get people to know you're there and want to come in. And You know, some people will find me on Google or they'll go on a manufacturer's website looking for particular pedal and they'll see me listed as a dealer yeah. and oh, see that I'm okay. local. Yeah. Yeah, that brings yeah. a lot of people in. Okay. And it's uh, just word of mouth, you know. Would you say a bunch of, uh, most of your sales is online or over the phone or as um, opposed to I would say majority online. Okay. Uh, yeah. Definitely as far as uh, number of orders, you know, the majority yeah. of orders. But then we'll get larger orders in the shop or like big trades okay uh, okay whatnot it'll be one deal but it's mm-hmm. it's much bigger than yeah some a bunch of online orders yeah. you know? so you said business was a little more of your forte that's kind of yeah. what i drew from what you said so in today's climate how do you navigate through all of the stuff being a small brick and mortar uh, which is new territory over the last four or five years but have you know 20 or was it 19 years of experience selling pedals? How is that transition? I mean, what what would you what advice would you give people out there that might be a small store and go, man, I really need to sell more product. I really need to do more. Uh, you know, give give some advice on some of that. Yeah, I, I probably am a little backwards compared to most people's experiences where maybe they've had a brick and mortar store for years and then the internet came along. And they chose to get involved or not get involved to some extent with the internet. Whereas I came into it exclusively selling on the internet for a long time and then wanting to get my feet wet in brick and mortar, which almost seems backwards from the trend. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And and what's the reason for that? Why did you want to do that? Well, um, you know, I wanted to change the scenery. I was kind of living in the middle of nowhere in Pennsylvania. And uh, it's nice working out of your home and just filling orders online. But... uh, I had a few friends in Nashville, and and I just always wanted to try the brick and mortar thing. Yeah, yeah. and it, as it added sales channel, and and it actually worked out because in the last five years, you know, I, I've seen competition online increase, and I've kind of filled those that hole with uh, brick and mortar sales, you know, and then yeah. um, okay, gotcha. so it's, it's just another sales channel, and I and I would my advice to other business owners would be to you can't just have one sales channel. You, you need to be brick and mortar, and then even online, you can't just be one sales mm-hmm. channel. You got to sell on Reverb, maybe eBay. You can sell on Amazon. Now you can sell on Facebook on your Facebook page. You can actually have a uh, e-commerce yeah. uh, setup on your Facebook page, uh, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not an expert on that, but uh, you need to have. And you look at some top corporations um, in this in this market. And they sell on eBay. Yeah, they yeah. sell on Reverb, and they they may even sell some of them sell through their Facebook pages and whatnot. I haven't started selling on Facebook yet, but um, I've used some of their marketing tools. That's a, actually that's a good question. I know for small business owners, now obviously, if you're a large corporation, you might have multiple employees that would take care of each of those channels. As a small business owner, how do you balance out? Is there a, a point where you've just 
too much. You're like, oh, I'm on Reverb, I'm on eBay, I'm on Amazon. I, it's where do you hit that line where it's like I can't handle any more channels. I just got to keep it and focus on whatever you're gonna do. The the as the orders come in, the processing of the orders is not the bad part. That's kind of the fun part, and we can do that pretty fast. More so, the time-consuming part is getting all of your products, all your products from A to Z, listed on each of the various sites, and, and just you know, a manufacturer, maybe with a big pedal manufacturer with fifty pedals or whatever, will be like, "Well, we're changing our prices for the year, and you got to go <laughs> in and change gotta, them." And there's software yeah. you can use to conglomerate everything. But I'm is a little there? Old. Is there? Because I remember back in the when Reverb was just starting to uh, kind of get pickup steam, and man, we were pushing Reverb about every dealer out there. The biggest question was, "Is well, I've got all my stuff on eBay. Is there a program where I can just do one listing and it goes to both?" And of course, back then it was like, "Well, no, not really." Are are they starting to? Is there companies starting to incorporate where you can do three, four, five different companies with one? I listing? believe so. Yeah, I'm not an expert in that, but I believe there are there are some. And Reverb is very accommodating. Um, before I moved over to Reverb, it's probably six years ago when I moved over, five years ago, they contacted me a few times. Like, you don't even have to do anything. We'll just move all your eBay listings over to Reverb. And there's still drafts. You know, you stuff to go in and yeah. make sure that everything is correct in there. But uh, they did that for me. Okay. Imported all the pictures and everything, and yeah, it was great. That's cool. That's nice. That's very accommodating. That they, I heard that they did that with a lot of people, and I, I'm sure, you know, that was a huge service that they were doing yeah. to say, hey, we'll help you out and make this uh, transition seamless. So, yeah. but uh, somebody's got to come along and create something that. You could put it across every platform. I think there is. Is think, there really? I think I've heard dealers talk about it. I'm sure it's. Uh, I'm sure it's some kind of monthly fee or something. Yeah. But, yeah. but anyways, but go ahead. Sorry, I, I just know that that's got to be an issue with small businesses trying to fine tune and just be good at something. Can't do everything. And so. I will also say, if you're trying to do brick and mortar and also sell a lot online. And in your small business with limited employees, there's definitely a tug of war. Sure. Because there's only so many hours in a day, and you have a customer or two or three standing in front of you asking questions, and you're trying to give them the best customer support that you can. But then also, there's emails coming in with questions online from online customers, there's orders coming in online. Yeah. Uh, you're getting texts from customers, and so, but. Like I said, uh, I have two employees during the week, so between the three of us, uh, we try to get to everybody online yeah. and brick and mortar. And but sometimes it's a challenge. On, well, on sometimes days. online, I'm sure you can kind of uh, slow it down a little bit too, and say, "Hey, we've kind of got to limit what we can put up because we're swamped in our store." But those days that you're not, you can go, "Hey, man, we can we can put a ton of auctions up. We can." We can go out there to Reverb or whatever your platform is and work that. So you, you know, dual, the dual. Uh, I call it profit centers. Um, you know that that that's just a that's a, just a great thing to have for those slow times. So you always got something going on. You always have dollars coming in somewhere. Um, yeah, it's I, ironic. I mean, on a slow brick and mortar day, it'll be a busier online day, and vice versa. Yeah. Do you find Mondays you come in and it's like. Man, we got a bunch of orders. Mondays is the busy day. I mean, yeah. it's like two days as far as the number of orders because you're catching yeah. up from Sunday and Saturday, and and that is Monday seems to be the day, at least here in Nashville, where a lot of musicians uh, have off. They're off the road and they yeah. want to come in and 
check out the shop and whatnot and that's definitely the busiest day and then it wow. slows down until friday is the slowest day yeah because like in nashville like you're talking about i'm sure by thursday a lot of the guys are going out on the road for you know three-day run and then they come back so it's actually opposite of what a lot of places are which saturday is their biggest day so monday's your biggest day yeah definitely yeah that's yeah. cool yeah have you been working with a lot of artists you get a lot of artists that kind of you know you just created relationships with and now you work with or they work with you specifically definitely yeah there's a number of guitar players that you know play for big acts that uh, are regulars at our shop and do a lot of business do a lot of trading and uh giving us give us word of mouth and very loyal and greatly appreciate them that, yeah that made a big difference uh it's amazing the guitarists in Nashville, the amount of gear they have. There's a disease uh, out there. It is. It's a disease. Yeah. What's the, okay, what's the, what's, what's the. You're going to get in trouble because he's going to ask you something. You're like, man, I don't know if I want to answer this, this question. One, this one's innocent. What is okay. the most, what's the most exciting uh, guitar player that called you up and wanted something? Like you were like, oh man, I can't believe that guy just called me and wanted something. Man, that's, uh, I have to think about that one. <laughs> 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 what are they all calling you up now? Go, don't tell anybody I called you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, well, it's probably Adam Hatfield, right? Yeah, he's he's up there. <laughs> yeah, he's up there. <laughs> he's like, don't tell my wife I called. <laughs> yeah, that's but there's right. a pedal I want to talk to yeah. you about. He, she, he's like, I don't want to know about my pedal fund. Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> know uh, we love Adam, but anyways, well, what, what, what were we saying? I know I diverted it there from on the artist. He does thing, that. So. You got to be careful. No, no, if we get so serious weird. into business stuff, he's gonna kind of, yeah, it's kind of like squirrel. You know, he kind of takes squirrel. us down a bunny trail. Uh, you, know. <laughs> you know, when the thoughts pop in my head, sometimes I just have to say, you just got to let them out. But uh, you know, when I think about, I think a lot about the uh, the market and. Um, the different players in the market, the the manufacturers, the uh, retailers, and uh, among the retailers, the you have the giants in the industry, and, and you have the, the the little guy. And, and I think about you know I've I've seen and heard of a lot of mom and pop businesses go out of business over the years. Sure. It, the brick the limited amount of brick and mortar I've been doing has been has gone very well. So I'm not I'm not complaining personally, but. I hate to see local mom and pop shops uh, go out of business, uh, but definitely the internet is—it's a two-edged sword, and and I feel like the mom and pop shops that haven't used that weapon to, to conquer, they've been slayed by it. You know, they've been cut down by it because the internet really poses a lot of challenges yeah. to uh, mom and pop shops if they're not using it. You know, um, I think people's buying habits have been changing where they can if they can just buy something on, on an app on their phone well they just do the it. percentage i think has finally crossed the threshold i think the other day i said that or saw that the 52 percent of retail buying now is online i mean that's it's it's yeah. crossed over it's on I, I would say that that's probably true but in music i always think music is 10 years behind the curve so I don't know if that's that and it big. might not be in specifically yeah. in music. I think this was a broad spectrum. Yeah, yeah, of yeah. Just I think in general buying. retail, yeah, um, that's probably accurate. But in music retail, we're behind the curve. Yeah, uh, you know, we're. I think we're probably ten years behind the curve. I mean, that's my take. I could be wrong. Yeah. But Ryan, do you feel like you're part of the new generation of store owners? Because you talked about both platforms, online and brick and mortar. Um, I I kind of think it's cool that you did online because that was 
that is perceived by people as easy, but then you kind of grew into going, man, I want to do brick and mortar. I mean, there's got to be, there's got to be a benefit on both sides. There's got to be enjoyment on both sides. You get, you get to sell a lot of things online to people all over the world. And then you also get social interaction with like Nashville players. Do you find that a, a, a complete enjoyment as far as being a store owner or, or an owner in business in general? Definitely, yeah. I, f I feel uh, it's a lot more enriching and enjoyable to deal with customers face-to-face -face sure. and have that experience. I agree, yeah. And I, and I think they, they appreciate it more. That's why they're there. You know, there's not all customers are the same. You know, some will buy most of the stuff, you know, in the convenience of their home. Others, they want to go try out stuff, uh, try the guitar, you know, in person, hear it, feel it. Um, but for me, the online part of the um, equation is the hard part. That is the tedious part where you're sitting there after hours adding products to a website or yeah. to Reverb or whatever. The fun part is just putting your stuff on the shelf and letting people come in and try it. And yeah, yeah. If you yeah. want to buy it, you can sell it. You don't have to pack and ship it, fill out customs forms, uh, answer questions uh, online about it. And uh, that's that's the easy part, I, the easier part, and the fun yeah. part. Yeah, is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of times people that are solely brick and mortar, uh, they don't see that it's really that fun. They th think that the online guys are being lazy, they're being whatever. Actually, they're probably working as hard or harder sure. in some respects, and they're not getting the respect from the brick and mortar. Um, but like I said, you, the, you, the joy is when someone comes in and you can interact with them face to face, mm -hmm. build a relationship with them, maybe even a repeat customer. And so I could see how that could be the benefit. So I think I think a lot of us need to stop thinking that the other side is the easier side. We all need to understand both sides a lot of work. Oh yeah. I mean it's it's you know to wake up and and in your case have employees. You got a weight on your shoulders. You got a responsibility to, to perform, to be a smart businessman. And, and if you just had a store, you might not have made it. If you would have just been online, you might not have made it. But having dual platforms, you, at least like you said, you have revenue coming in every day somewhere. Yeah. And you've just, it's like fishing. You got to have 10 fishing poles out there to catch a fish. If you only have one, you're not going to catch as many fish. And I think that's might be what you're saying. Is that true? Or I think the fishing analogy nails it because uh, I've been uh, ice fishing a few times. Have you really? Yeah, with my grandfather years ago. I was like probably seven years old. Yeah. I fro almost froze to death. But uh, <laughs> you're on a lake and there's like water on top of the ice. Yeah. And, and, and the wind is just whipping. And you're out there waiting for the fish to bite. You're like, who does this? But and the, why? Thing about, <laughs> the thing about it is you're drilling a bunch of holes sure. all on the ice and you have a bunch of these little like one foot high uh, fishing poles with yeah. a little flag. Yeah. And it's like, the, uh, you know, it, and it's an analogy to online. You know, the more you have your, your fishing poles out in as many different parts of the water as possible, the better your odds are. Yeah. You, know, yeah. you have to really get out there and get exposure. Well, and I think a lot, a lot of, a lot of uh, uh, store owners that I've spoken with, I've, it's almost like they look at it as two separate businesses. Like, man, I just don't have time to do that. I put all my time into my brick and mortar. I just don't, I don't know where I would find the time to then do stuff online and maybe they find it, they see it as more of a hassle. Well, maybe but, they don't need to find the time. They need to ha hire an employee. Yes. 
and and create time because it's yeah. like how much money can I make off this employee? It, that and that's exactly yeah. right because that seems to always be the result that they're like, well, I, I want to hire somebody that will come in and do that, and it's like they still want to keep it at arm's length and they want somebody, but then it's a issue that they're like, well, I just haven't found the right person to do it yet. And you're always encouraging people to get out there and and, and increase your business and be online, but I do think a lot of people still see it as too much of something to do uh, and not as almost like I have to do it or I'm, I'm, I may lose my business. Yeah. And if you're in the position where you're working 10 hours a day with customers in the shop and selling stuff yeah. left and right, then maybe it's not an immediate need to go selling online if you're making great money just selling in the shop, you know, but it, it is definitely an opportunity that if you hired another person or two, yeah. you could get a lot more income as well. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, that's an, another challenge uh, to uh, brick and mortar businesses is um, manufacturers, the, the trend in, in of, among manufacturers to sell direct. It's probably not the biggest issue. I'd say the internet is the, the definitely the, the monster in the equation, but uh, you know, you have Fender recently announced that they're selling direct. And uh, you know, back when I started selling pedals, you know, 15, 20 years ago, most pedal manufacturers, and it's smaller companies now, but they didn't sell direct. And if they did, they sold at list price or, you know, even ten bucks above map price. But now, it's kind of the norm for manufacturers to sell just right at map on their website. And now it's even becoming more normal for manufacturers to have sales that are undercutting map that the dealers don't have any cooperation in. Um, sometimes they have sales that the, the dealers can cooperate in, but some manufacturers they'll have a St. Patrick's Day sale, a Groundhog's Day sale, twenty percent off, and this twenty percent off of map, and the dealers have no involvement in this. And is that mainly in the pedal, or is that in across the platform? I, I see that more in pedals. Yeah. 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 That I think I you know I think I would have a hard time with that. Yeah. Is it if, pure- I, if I was selling? And the person who I bought from, I understand that they're selling product and they're selling it at MAP and they got the right to do it as well. But then to come in and go below MAP and offer sales that I can't contribute to, even though I'm your dealer, I'm your guy buying for you and you do that to me. That would be hard. Yeah, I would have a hard time with it. Now, what do you what do you think the reason is a lot of these manufacturers uh, go direct? What do you think that reason is? Um, they make a lot more money selling a pedal directly to the consumer than they do selling it to a dealer. They make double the profit, you know, assuming that they're selling at map, they make double the profit selling to a consumer than they do to a dealer. Now, how much, and, and, and maybe this is hard to, to answer because I'm, I'm thinking more on the guitar line. Uh, some of these manufacturers that go direct, do you think that there's a, a conversation? Because I've had conversations with some of these guys they go man we've got models that our dealers are not selling enough with so we need to get online and a lot of times they are selling it so it is the manufacturers in an odd space because maybe uh well you mentioned one of the big uh, uh guitar manufacturers selling online well i remember right when that happened uh we were in a i was in a board meeting with them and and a couple of the main guys it was like you know, if people only really knew that what we were doing this for, and they were talking about people not selling enough product, that the first, I can't remember exactly what it was, was like 
uh, eight out of eleven was left-handed guitars, they probably would leave us alone a little bit. Yeah. And I, you know, I wonder if there's just not enough lefties out there, not a, enough of certain body styles, not a, you know, so they can't hit their goals because the dealers are only going. We only want this stuff. I mean, do you think that plays into it, or do you just think they're going, hey? This is a great way for us to double dip. I see it as a trend, and and it's the new norm of manufacturers selling direct. And I'm not saying that I think it's wrong. Uh, it just is another challenge that another challenge to, to brick and mortar, you know. Because when you have a small guitar shop, you're fighting against so many things to get that sale. Just to get the person in your shop, they didn't buy on Amazon or Reverb. You know, uh, if you're if you uh, rely on consignments, which I don't, uh, you know, hardly at all, but some mom and pop shops rely heavily on consignments. And now anybody can go on Facebook or Craigslist and sell off their guitar for zero cost. It doesn't cost a dime, yeah. and they get their money faster. They get more money than yeah. having it sit at a shop for nine months and have it maybe That's sell true. or not. That's true. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, you know, shops that depend on lessons. Now you can go online and get lessons. Incredible oh, I know. Lessons. Uh, you don't have to leave home. Your parents don't have to drive you across town. And you can have lessons from some of the top players in the world. And it's the, the rates are very reasonable. Uh, that's another thing that you're fighting against to just get that piece of the pie. Uh, but, uh, it is a two-edged sword because you don't want to discredit people trying to contribute to the overall music industry you know they want to give of their talent and they want to teach kids but it's also online uh you know we spoke to an artist recently that does that you know and 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 of course people who like that artist are going to go and i have no idea what the cost is but let's just throw a number out like oh you mean i can sit down with him for 35 30 minutes for 40 bucks and learn some really cool licks you know that there's something really cool about that but you're right at the same time they're not these kids are not walking into a music store where then they can get lessons they can buy picks and straps and a new guitar amps or pedals so yeah it's both sides are at play here yeah and, and you know the brick and mortar may have they may be losing customers to online lessons but you have a lot of players that are like man this is a great source of income i can go on a lessons website or just do it on skype and I can really add to my income uh, with these lessons. I can do it out of the comfort of my home. And it's technology is 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 that double-edged yeah, sword. I mean, the the more technology uh, gets out there, and there's more of the new stuff out there, it could potentially hurt brick-and-mortar stores, along with everybody. I mean, you know, I mean, everybody gets hurt to some level with yeah. uh, technology, and some people gain. And I guess you got to take. How do I take this gain? How do I take, like you're doing, how do I take a reverb as a platform and make money on it? Well, I got to sell. I got to use reverb. Yeah. And then so there's, there's, a, there's a blessing on that side uh, because you don't, you're not stuck in a brick and mortar. You have a ton of opportunities out there. But with those opportunities, you have tons of competition. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be, it's got to be like, I guess you would just have to go, you know, there's only so much I can worry about, but as a businessman, I got to focus on how to make money, and how I got to make money is just getting out there to everybody, giving them good customer service, good prices, make sure my auctions are the best, 
and just be the best that I could possibly be. Possibly be. Yeah. I guess that's how you win in this game, right? Yeah, and you know, I moved to Nashville with the idea I'm going to start small, and I started very small. I didn't like remortgage my house and go build a building downtown, and yeah, you know, just go huge right off the bat without knowing where the, what the demand would be like. You know, I started off small and uh, just kind of gauged the waters, tested the waters, and saw that there was strong demand there. And that's as long as there's strong demand there, as long as there's enough people that do the brick and mortar thing with me, uh, I'll keep doing it. And I think you know. There are advantages that brick and mortar has that the internet will never have. Yeah, and sure. it's it's amazing the stark contrast between like an Amazon experience and a brick and mortar experience. Now, a brick and mortar experience can be good or bad. I, I hear both sides. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, people sure. have bad brick and mortar experiences. I hear about all the time. But on Amazon, you know, you think people really care about customer support. You can't even call them up. Like you need to go to a, uh, a forum and dig through sixty pages of a forum to find an actual phone number to call and speak to somebody. Yeah. But yet Amazon is just annihilating everything uh, in its path. It's you crazy. think they do that purely because people have created buying habits? Like I'll tell you what, you know, it's like in our house. If Hannah, my wife, needs something, she just goes to the Amazon app because I'm, I'm assuming it's just more of a habit. Yeah. You know, so I mean, do you think and like I do somebody too. goes? I shop on there all the time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so maybe somebody goes, "Hey, I need. Uh, hey, I'd love for a pedal. Well, why don't I look at Amazon? You th- it, it, seems, it sounds like you're battling against habits and people. Yeah, and convenience. So some people value convenience. Some people value the experience of going to a shop and and talking and hanging out and learning learning about new pedals that have come out or telling us about a new pedal they got mm-hmm. that they really like. Yeah. And uh, if you can make it a really fun experience that'll become their new habit yeah not to say they'll never buy online again but uh, well i also i also find myself doing the same thing to find out what the market is doing with a certain piece and then going to a brick and mortar and if they're in that ballpark i feel okay i feel safe but if like we'll use pedals uh you know you can get on amazon for 149 dollars and you go to a brick and mortar and it's 199 you're like whoa yeah. That's a big difference. It's a big difference. I, and, and then you feel like you're getting ripped off. But if you go there and they're 159, you're like, yeah, I don't care. Yeah. These guys are cool. I'll do business with her. So there's got to be an element of both there. You know, Amazon is to make sure that we're, we're not getting screwed. Yeah. And, and so we check everything out to make sure, especially if we don't have the knowledge. If yeah. we don't know what the price really should be according to the market, and then so that could be a benefit to a brick and mortar if your if your price structure is at map, which yeah. you know everybody should be following. Then yeah. if someone comes in and goes, "Oh man, I'd much rather buy from Ryan because he's cool," mm-hmm. and who cares if I can get it on Amazon? I'll buy from him. Yeah, absolutely. So there's got to be a benefit there as well. Or if somebody leaves and and you say, "Man, I just don't know if I want to get this pedal." Um, you know, it, it, I'm 45 minutes away. Then you could say, well, man, if you dig the pedal and you change your mind, if you can't drive in, just go to my reverb store. So there's got to be some, some benefits there. Do you, do you ever find that to be yeah. how it goes? I mean, every week I have someone that buys something on reverb and they say, oh, can I pick it up at your store? I'll be passing through this weekend or whatever. Oh, wow. Uh, they want to pick it up in person. And it may not even be a large item, but they just want to have that physical you know, connection. Oh yeah, okay. you want to come into the store. Well, Look that's the cool. Though. The guy that you're buying from, and so uh, then you get a customer after that because you build a relationship with them, and so that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. And it's amazing. I mean, if I, if, 
it's happened so many times where a customer comes in and we just try to be nice and chat a little bit, but let them shop and just just be nice and cheerful. Yeah. And after the as they're leaving, they're like, "Man, I'm always gonna buy my pedals from you from now on." And that's like, cool. That's all it took. That's all. Yeah, and you're going, "Where'd that come from?" <laughs> just be know? nice. I know. And, Isn't that crazy? It's just the simple things. You get a hello and uh, they they're, they're yeah, just giving the respect and. Yeah, but that three-letter word you said before that map—that's that's a big issue uh, mm-hmm. that goes for brick and mortar and and for the internet. Uh, uh, but I think brick and mortar—if they don't have all the prices set at map—I mean, if they're able to sell above map, then God bless them. But I think their prices should be at map to, to be competitive with the internet. I agree because map um, enforcement is a big problem online. I've faced for many years some, and it varies between manufacturers. Some manufacturers have a designated person to police and enforce the map, but most don't, and it's not enforced and policed very well. And it just causes, it just ends up having the conscientious dealers get put at a disadvantage, and the, the less conscientious dealers get the get the sale. Are you saying you have a conscience? <laughs> Try. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? You actually are a moral and ethical human being. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, that's that's got to be a hard thing to, to juggle, but but if you are paying attention to it, it's the right thing to do. And it is. It, it, you'll always benefit from it. It is. Because I know from uh, from our side of the table, when we have dealers that is always trying to cross the line, they're on our radar. We're going to nail them, and they're not going to like it. Yeah. But the guys that are always trying to be the good guys, we're always looking out for them. We're always oh, going, yeah. hey, throw him a bone. He's one of the good guys. Absolutely. So I, I would encourage you to, to keep doing what you're doing because there's manufacturers out there that are going, hey, take care of Ryan. He's one of the guys that we want. Yeah. These other guys, and secretly they're going to go, yeah, they're going to disappear because we're going to get rid of them. Mm-hmm. It happens more than people really know, <laughs> trust me. <laughs> Uh, and, and I say it with a smile, like if I enjoy it. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't do you, enjoy do you, it. No. You do enjoy it. No, I, think, I don't. Uh, well, right. some I have. Uh, yeah, it's like you walk out of your I office with enjoyed. a smile Let on me your back face. Up. And I have not enjoyed it. It's very. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you I feel right now. You walk out with a smile on your face. And people I'm are like, "What's up with Richard?" It, I don't know if I do enjoy. it. I don't right? think I do. Oh, he just yelled at somebody. He's having a great day. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. So, well, what do you find, Ryan? What do you find as far as manufacturers? Do you ever get feedback from them? Like, have you? had a conversation with a manufacturer about map and about the fact that people fluctuate up and down like is that an open conversation or does everybody turn their head and pretend like nothing's happening um i probably don't talk to manufacturers about it as not, uh, enough as i should but i have talked about it and uh it doesn't seem like like people are really penalized. Like the worst that ever happens seems like a warning, and but they could be they could have been breaking that map for three years, and, you know, and then they just get a warning, and it's like, well, how many sales? How many sales did, did they I lose? Did? Or, other yes, customers that's right. lose. You know, yeah. Taylor, uh, there are you know, and I don't I don't know about the pedal companies, but I know in the guitar companies, it seems like some of them are real serious about it. Like Taylor, they will. And I forget the exact way they do it, but I think it's this way. They warn you and tell you not to do it. 
But they do it, I think, at the beginning of the year and go, this is our map, everybody follow it. And if you do, if you mess up, they that particular model, they no longer sell it to you. Wow. So say you got a, an 814 CE that you violate map, and they bust you, they stop selling you 814s. So before long, you're going, man, if I do this again, they're going to nail me on this model yeah. and this model. And then just cut and you this off. Middle. And then be, well, I, I honestly feel like that's where it's headed is we're just going to cut you off. And Nate's over here laughing right now. We can't talk on air why he's <laughs> laughing. I'm being serious, and I think you guys are <laughs> laughing, and now I know. <laughs> we'll talk about it in a minute, Ryan, so we apologize yeah. for this. Yeah. But anyways, but yeah, yeah, so there are some manufacturers that do take it real serious, and there is a lot that turn the, the other cheek and act like they don't see, and that bums me out. That bums me out because yeah. you're right. It does feel like it's a disadvantage to the people that are playing by the rules. I have a hard time with that, but I have learned for myself, or it'll, I'll go crazy, it's just to go, hey, I'm going to do what's right, because it is what's right, yeah. and uh, I'm going to be okay. And yeah. I feel that to be true, and I feel like the manufacturers know that, and they're going to throw you a bone. Yeah. yeah. So, I hope that's the way it oh, is. And, man, I've been throwing so many bones on manufacturers over the years, it's really kept me going. That's great. Know. Yeah. That's great. Uh I, yeah, it'd be a long list, and it's yeah, that always yeah. And I'm sure they appreciate you and your company, and your you being ethical and good customer service. And they probably look at you like, uh, like I said earlier, th this is one of the good guys. We want to take care yeah. of him because we want him around for a long time. Yeah. Uh, again, on on my side of the table, from what I see, we feel that way. Yeah. You know, we feel that way with people. And we try to protect them, you know, as much as possible. And I bet your pedal company guys, they love you to death. Do they send you Christmas cards at all? Yeah. Really? Uh-huh. See, they love you. To Man, I, I got I got two I got two Christmas cards this past year. I think that's the most I've ever got. Outside of your family, or yeah, no, my I didn't even get one from my family. <laughs> <laughs> so Brian up in Ohio, he always sends me a box of cookies and a card, yeah. and that's always nice. And then I had another comp uh, another company. Uh, Let's Music Supply. They sent me a, uh, a Christmas card this year, and I thought that was really nice. Yeah, so, I get a few. I gifts. cherish those. I get a few good gifts too. They go right. I've got a drawer in my desk. They go right in, so really? I keep them forever. Really? Yeah. I get a few good gifts. Yeah, you do. You get like bottles of whiskey and stuff. And I don't even drink whiskey. I, I don't know, even know you what don't. to do with it. You've got the largest collection of bourbon and whiskey well, ever. Well, the, the bottles look really cool, <laughs> and so I like it. And then I, you know. I'm not going to share what all I get. That, <laughs> you that's get not why you're here. Man, I wish it was Christmas. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. So anyways. 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 What, what else do you have? What else do you think? And maybe as far as small business owners, we've got to kind of maybe mention or bring up. Well, just to reiterate, um, the one thing that the, you know, the Internet will never have is the ability to just tactically feel the instrument hear it I agree in person yes not on YouTube you know through you know headphones or whatever junky speakers or whatever yeah uh, and the ability to just that day go get that item that you need yeah. same day within an hour you can have it and then if there's a problem you can take it right back to that place and get a refund or an exchange yeah you don't have to be shipping it off to wherever and yeah uh so we have to use that as much as possible the, I agree. Uh, the fact that they can touch and feel the instruments and also the fact that um uh that we can give them an experience yeah, that it's I gotta agree. be the 
shopping on a on a smartphone experience that's not a hard thing to be that no. that's convenience but that's not really mm-hmm. they're lacking of, the emotional yeah. side yeah you think amazon the whole amazon effect has kind of created that people have gotten in the habit of going well hey i'll just buy it it'll get here in two days i'll try it out in my own home if i don't like it i'll just ship it back to them for with free shipping you think that's kind of created a, a you know a, an effect in people that I don't need to walk into a store and try something out because I can just, if I don't like it, I'll just send it back because that's what you do on Amazon. Yeah. And I guess maybe in a lot of parts of the country, they don't really have much locally. They don't. Yeah. Well, I wonder if it's for certain items because I wonder if it's like a guitar pedal. If you're not, if you're not like going, man, this is my tone. This is my sound. Mm-hmm. I'm going to walk in and I'm either going to uh, get it in a shop. I mean, we're not talking about toothpaste, or we're not talking about yeah, yeah, sure. supplies, hairspray. We're talking about something like something like that. And so I, I wonder what that is. And I do know on bigger items, even on Amazon, they still they'll if you want to ship it back, they'll charge you a little fee to ship it back. Really? But but I'm just thinking of convenience. You keep bringing up convenience for online. That does seem to be the driving force here. And I just don't know if people think, oh well, I'll just try it and send it back if I don't like it. And, and that might cause a lot of decisions to just click on your phone. Yeah. Unless they got a cool place to go. I wonder how much that is. Oh, I'm all for it. I'm yeah, with you no, here. No, I'm just thinking, what, what what would that be if it was me? I would think, yeah, there's some things on Amazon that's sterile. Mm-hmm. You know, some things that I buy from my cabin. Yeah. That is, it's, it, I don't need a person. Yeah. It's a, it's a pump that pumps water. I'm getting ready to buy one on Amazon. But if it was like a guitar pedal, I would want to go see Ryan because yeah. it's it's an experience. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like you, uh, you're buying yourself the gift, I would think. Yeah. Uh, you know, like a guitar, an amp, or any kind of musical instruments. I think that would be my go-to if, if there was a cool place. Yeah. You brought up in some demographics, there's not. And maybe that's why people use the Internet. But if there's a cool shop... I'm going there. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. I love cool shops. I always have. I loved always going into music stores, you know. And um, I, I hope that that just never goes away for specifically for young people because young people need to be able to walk into stores and be able to have that experience. I'll tell you what. That's where I you know you run across other great guitar players oh, yeah. that you meet. You get people, inspired. You get inspired. You know, um, that that always happened to me. I hope that keeps going. I don't think yeah. it will. As long as there's good brick-and-mortar stores yeah. that, that is about the experience and having fun, I think we always need them. Yeah. Now, it may scale back because over the last couple of years, maybe it's three years, five years, I don't know, we have lost a lot, but they may not be the good ones. Yeah. You know, some of some people they they're just going to turn the knob and walk in and uh, sit behind the counter, and you come in and buy mm-hmm. something. Yeah, it's not that way anymore. You yeah. you've got to take care of people. You got to give them an experience. You got to do some of that, and want their business and appreciate it. Yeah. And I think today that's what we see. We see brick and mortar uh, stores that uh, have good customer service, and that's what draws people in, and that's what gets them to go. I'm not going to Amazon today. Yeah. Uh, or Reverb or wherever else, I'm going to go see Ryan. That's right. It's fun. It's a cool... I mean, what better way on a Saturday is to go hang out at a place like that and test out a few cool pedals and go, crap, I'm buying one of these, man. Oh, I know. I want one of these now. I know. Absolutely. You know, yeah, two-day shipping is cool, but I got it right now in my hands. Yeah. That's that's the way I feel. I, I agree. But maybe I'm getting old. <laughs> no. 
So, Richard, uh, have you seen a, a trend of a lot of mom-and-pop shops closing up over the years? I, I, I have seen a percentage of them close, and I, I don't know if I could even say the better ones have closed. I think it's ones that have a bad attitude, uh, or they're just tired, man. They're just, mm. they're just wore out. They're frustrated. They're at the end of their career, and they're like, they don't even pass it on to a new generation. They just they close the doors. Maybe they don't have a new generation. Do you see um, that it's more shops that are kind of in a small town, or is it the all same over. for? Yeah. Oh, there's there's city? been big stores in big cities do that, to where they either uh, there was uh, recently some in a big city, uh, not going to name their name, that they didn't have no one to pass it on. But it was like open for like 70 years, wow. and it was a big store. But they didn't have nobody in the family, and the guy who was running it was, I don't know if he was second or third generation, but there was no one else, so he, they just closed the doors. Yeah. So I'm sure there's an element of that, but I think there's a lot of it to where there's people that are just like, ah, the internet and this and that. They don't even have they don't even have yeah. emails. They have fax machines. I still get people ask if we could fax stuff. Yeah, so so that's how dated some of this is. So I feel <laughs> real bad for them, because I hate it, because that's their livelihood. But it's almost good. I know this sounds mean, but it's almost good that they're going out of business. Maybe they're retiring and going out of business. So that's that's just a nutrition type thing. But sometimes it's good, man. Sometimes we got to thin the herd. I hate saying it, but I'm a predator, man. Well, that's the way it is. You know, yeah, it's business. Yeah, that's business. Yeah, absolutely. And, and how that's going to happen is I'm going to win by customer service. Some of the things that you said, customer service, price, taking care of people, being there for them, all those things, that's business. And, and at the end of the day, if, if, I'm a, if I'm a store owner and there's another store owner down the street, I'm winning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I don't care. And, and, and I'm I think, winning. And part of that whole thing too is is being able to sell stuff at the value that it's worth. Anybody can get something in and market thirty percent off and sell a whole lot of it. Yeah. But that's kind of defeating the purpose and devaluing the products, and that doesn't do any good service to the music industry. So being good is selling it for what it's worth. And that's the trend that bothers me that I see online is back in the day there were rare sales maybe a christmas sale now there's just sales almost 365 oh I mean, yeah for brand new merchandise you know 20 percent off for columbus day 25 percent off for st because patrick's day just any 30 percent off because it's wednesday yeah and it, it just <laughs> never ends in the between that and the coupon code thing where anybody just type in discount 20 at checkout and you get 20% off. There's websites that have that all the time. Mm -hmm. And they have a lot of exclusions. If you read the fine print, there's companies, a lot of companies that have opted out of that, that don't allow that. But if you just contact these companies, they'll give it to you anyway over the phone. You know, it, uh -huh. there's ways around it. But uh, yeah, it's like you have to you have to maintain a viable profit margin in you the industry. You have to make money. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, you know, the, the idea of selling a $200 pedal and making $10 on it or $15 on it, to me, it's just, it's, who would do that? Who would invest all their money in this inventory? It's ludicrous. you're not making anything on it. Uh, yeah. Nah, yeah. I, I just, well, hey, well, Ryan, as we, as we, this has been a great conversation. Where do you, where do you see yourself going forward in, you know, two, three, five years from now? Where do you see guitareffectspedals.com? I had to look at your shirt just to make sure I said it right. I think he's checking. I don't know you what out. it is. I'd be careful. <laughs> yeah. If you want, I'll man, be that's a nice shirt. Just, 
That's Push them nice, over, man. That's a nice shirt. I kind of want one of those shirts. Yeah. I'll bring you guys some. I got hoodies, too. I'll bring you. But, uh, man, you know, I just hopefully the, the business continues to grow and thrive. And um, it's all about the customer base. It'll go where the customer base takes it. If they continue that's smart to do what they're doing, it'll keep, I'll keep growing it and bringing in more products and, uh, you know, expanding. Uh, that's that's what I'll do and try to make the experience even better. You know, I have yeah. things I want to do in the future to make the, the experience even better where, like, they don't even, they're not going to even want to go home. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's all. I'm just going to stay here. Yeah. We, we went ahead and put some cots in the we back room cots, for people to yeah. stay overnight. We got a bunkhouse out back. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Man, what a great service. <laughs> so, anyways. But, uh, yeah, man, we appreciate you a ton. Absolutely. And, Likewise. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely appreciate the conversation. And, and I think that what we talked about here today is actually it's an important topic. It's a huge topic. And, and what we've always tried to do here on the Music Retail Show is, is try to have more of that conversation yeah. and see how people are dealing with these issues. Yeah, because truthfully, we want everybody to sell and do better. Yeah. I mean, everybody. And that's why we get we throw our opinions out. We throw uh, interview e people's opinion out is because we want everybody to learn. We, we're not... I don't want to ever come across as a know-it-all. I just want to provoke thought. I want people to sit and think about it and go, wow, what Ryan's saying, I really believe. I agree with that. Wow, what Richard says... I don't as much, <laughs> but at least we got Ryan. You know. No, but seriously. He's going mean, to yell at the, me. I think that's just a lot of truth. I mean, we want all, everybody to get better. We want them to get stronger. We want uh, we want a bigger community of guitar people or musical instrument people in yeah. here and uh, have fun. Yeah, so absolutely. I think I think that's what we're ultimately trying yeah, to do. Absolutely. Yeah, I appreciate it. This is a great tool that you're and offering. And we like barbecuing, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like eating. Well, I do. I do like eating. So obviously, yeah. you'll be uh, when we have the open house during during the Nam Week. Uh, hopefully, you'll come. Yeah. By We're trying to get them here in a few days to come. Oh, uh, that's come right. We're doing by. one uh, on Wednesday, right? Yep. Are you coming yep. Wednesday? April tenth. Which okay. Uh, okay. Okay. If for all, everybody listening, uh, this will be out after April tenth, so you can't come. Yeah. But Ryan will be there. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> the food was so good, you guys missed out yeah. so much. Ryan, what, Ryan was there. Yeah, yeah Ryan so. will be there. Anyways, anyways. Banana pudding. Uh, we're going to have a good time, man. No, no. no anyways. anyways. Close us out. All right, man. We appreciate it. Enjoy the show. Yes. Hope you make a lot of connections and see some friends you haven't seen in a while. So, But uh, anyways, we're going to work on maybe coming up with another episode for later today. Yeah. And uh, we'll catch you when we do that. Yep. Thanks. Mm. Thank you, guys. Own a music store or sell guitars online? Need more inventory to stay competitive in today's market? MIRC is the nation's largest wholesaler of quality used guitars. Visit www.mircweb.com to become a dealer today. Thanks for listening to the Music Retail Show.